0: Welcome to this episode of Saintly Witnesses, where I talk to the Catholic behind the account. Today I'm speaking with Santonio Hill, who's going to come on and share a little bit about his faith life and give us some information about his crucial work that he does at Vagabond Mission. So thank you for um, coming on today and sharing this information with us.
1: No problem, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, Really appreciate this time, y'all. You've given me to just come on here and just share a little bit. Yeah, for
0: sure, for sure. And so um, how I ended up finding Santonio was through his his current uh, employer with Vagabond Missions. I was so captivated and mesmerized by like the work that i seen him do with, you know, black and brown kids in the inner city. It's just really transformative. And I've never seen um, an agency or a ministry that since I've been in a Christian has been like actively involved with young adolescents um, in, in, major cities. And so I think the work that they're doing there is transformative and definitely want to get, um, uh, you know, another, or get a first primary like witness of the work they do there. So, uh, yeah, that's how he came on. So let's get started with the, uh, conversation, man. I know that you are, uh, cradle Catholic. So talk us a bit, little bit about your cradle Catholic upbringing. Like how was it growing up middle life and how that led you to now?
1: Yeah. So like a little bit about my upbringing, um, yeah like you like you said i'm I'm a cradle catholic always went to church uh but like i would say i never really like took hold of like the gospel or like really like having a, a real relationship with god until yeah until i got to college um so just like a l- little bit more about like the the earlier life i would i would say is that like i um my grandma was like a, a big proponent in my life of just like instilling God within me, you know, like some of my aunties would too. Uh, just growing up, if I ever like questioned God, or like had all these questions about God and whatnot. Um, this one aunt in particular, Aunt Christine, she lived down in Texas. She would always be like, boy, don't you ever question God? Now I tell you why I smack you with the Bible. I'm like, smack me with the Bible. Like how that's supposed to help me like fall in love with God more. That's. It's like traumatic right there like come on now but um but yeah but yeah I, I i never um i don't know i never thought that god was never like not real you know what i mean just like growing up in my household um but uh but i i eventually went to this one church and when i got to high school where it's like all black catholic church and um and man gospel music the priest was black. I'm like, whoa, this is so different. Uh from what from what I'm used to at the parish where I got all my sacraments at. And it just felt a lot more like home. But even though it felt a lot more like home and I felt a lot more comfortable, I still didn't care that much. Um to the point where like I say I do now. Um But yeah, when I um when I when I got to when I got to my senior year in, in high school, that's when my priest he approached me one day after mass. And he said, he asked me what my plans were after I graduated high school. And I had told him about, you know, what I had planned to do and whatnot with, with college and going to school. And he just like dropped a little, dropped a little like seed. And he said, well, what, what about seminary? And, uh, I had no clue what seminary was. I knew not, I didn't even know that was a word. I'm like, what, like, I don't, what's, what's going on. And, um, and I said, oh, no, I'm like, I'm cool. You know, I'm going I'm to go do my thing. Like I said, I was going to do with school and with football and, and whatnot. And so he said, well, why don't you, like, pray about it? And I would go to youth group. i like, man, I ain't really pray, you know. Um, <laughs> and he said, and I said, you know what, I'll sleep on it. And so, like, that night and the, and the next night, I had these two dreams where I really felt like God was, like, calling me uh, to, like, give him attention. Because I don't, because like I said, I never really gave him attention a whole lot. Like in on Sunday was cool, but outside of Sunday, I wasn't, I wasn't worried about God a whole lot. And so um, it was those two dreams that I had that made me want to um, forget about my plans and like kind of focus on more like what, what is God calling me to? And so, um, so yeah, so I, I ended up going to the seminary. So you
0: eventually ended up leaving out the seminary though, right?
1: i did i did it also uh eventually ended up leaving i did four years in total uh but yeah when i left i um <clears throat> when i left i became a teacher and i would say like i don't just want to gloss over that time in seminary like I'll, I'll speed through it a little bit but um that was really like so i grew up without a father uh for the most of my life uh and i had some like father figures here and there but like um just inconsistent but uh I would, I would say like going to the seminary, I, I learned a lot of good, good values, and a lot of, a lot of like good traits, um, to teach me how to be, to give me the tools on how to, how to be a man, a good Catholic man and, and a prayerful man. And, uh, just a man of like discernment, um, which is, which is really important, um, in, in life, uh, but also important as a, as a father and as a husband, which I'm not yet neither one of those, but like looking to be, uh, pretty soon here. Um, but yeah, after, after I left seminary, I was a teacher for a year. I taught religion at an all black Catholic grade school. Um, and then after that, I became a focused missionary for three years. And, and that was a good time. I was at university of Connecticut, uh, cold, man, it's real cold up there all the time. Uh, and then I was in Philly temple university in Philadelphia for two years. Um, and, uh, and then, and then after that, I was, a I did Anthem Philly out in, I worked for Archdiocese of Philadelphia, um, doing urban outreach for youth and young adult. And then, and then that, uh, just ended last summer 2020, which, uh, which led me to being a, a vagabond missionary now. Uh, and so this is just, just started, uh, my, yeah, feel, it just always feels like I just started <laughs> being a missionary here with Vagma just because it's so new because we just started a new site where I'm at in Pittsburgh. Um, and uh, and it's it, it's just been so much fun. Like, I've just been enjoying it so much. It's probably one of, like, the best job that I've had uh, in my entire life. So, uh, you know, I'm only 28, so, like, I'm not, not super old yet, you know, but, like, I'm just, <laughs> I, I would just enjoy this job so much, man. Um Right, right. I just I just love what I do. It's I, I wouldn't I wouldn't trade it in if it wasn't like if God didn't come down and say like all right I want you to do this now. You know what I mean? Um so yeah, I've been I've been having a lot of fun. That's cool, man. You, you, good, good to hear that you
0: love your job a lot and especially your current position and you love the work that you do there. Um so my next question is, you know. You've had periods of like questions in the church, and you went through like a normal, I guess, Catholic experience. I guess in your life, uh, what would you say to anyone who is discerning the Catholic Church, thinking like, "Hey, I should come join um, the Catholic Church, or maybe I should consider Catholicism as a
1: religion"? Mm-hmm. What would you say to that person? I would say like, question, question, absolutely everything. Like that's the only way that you'll be able to really like seek to see like what's what's truth and what's not truth you know um so i would say that person like question everything and like because in in like look at um like bishop barron's some of his videos he has really good videos about a lot of things you can look at uh like father josh johnson he has a lot of good videos and like podcasts about um about a lot of things that concern like catholic church um Obviously, Father Mike Schmitz is a is one of those key key guys as well. Um, but I would I would say like try to try to act, like ask a lot of questions and seek a lot of questions from people who seem like they're the most reputable um, within within the the faith. Uh, because you, I mean, yeah, I can you can ask like the like Susie Q who like goes to church at whatever Catholic church is in the street, and like they may not know like all the real questions uh sorry, the real answers to to the questions that you may have and you might be found feeling like empty feeling disappointed feeling whatever and you might still get, have those same feelings from from someone who's well formed too but um you'll at least get i think a, some some solid truth uh coming from those people
0: um so you briefly touched on like your work for archdiocese of philly work with Focus. Um, and I noticed that you did some stuff with Ascension Press one time uh, or a couple of times. Uh, tell a little bit, tell a little bit of more uh, about your experiences there and like what work did you do there?
1: Yeah, uh, Ascension, when I did a uh, Ascension Press, I was already working for Anthem, actually, uh, Anthem Philly. And uh, that, the Ascension uh, situation was just World Youth Day. I went down to Panama. in Africa. No, not Africa. I was in Panama. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, I did go to Africa actually. Um, I went to Uganda, I went there for like a month and doing some mission work out there, and that was great. I love that, man. That was amazing. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I was in World Youth Day in uh, in Panama, uh, I guess that was uh, 2019, maybe. I, I, I think it might have been. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, that was like January 2019, and um. And I was, yeah, I was just like doing a little vlog for Ascension. So I would just like take the the viewers with me on my daily, uh, yeah, just on, on checking out my day. Uh, and I, at the end of the night, I would kind of like recap the night. Uh, so that was cool. Um, working for FOCUS, uh, that, that's a, yeah, Fellowship of Catholic University Students. That's what that acronym stands for. Uh, I led Bible studies. I went on mission trips. I, uh, I mentored college students, they call it, they call that discipleship. Um, but, uh, but it's not me that they're modeling after we model model discipleship after Jesus Christ. Um, and, uh, and just a lot of like incarnational evangelization that happens with, with focus as well, just trying to, trying to, uh, like form in, in someone like groom a, uh, like the, the Newman center there at whichever respective university you're at. And so I did that there. Um and just yeah, faith formation. And then when I was at Anthem Philly, um that's where I was uh I did a few different things there. That was great. I loved it. Um so we were part of a um I wrote blogs, I wrote articles, um uh and we uh we led trainings for youth and for um for youth ministers and for young adults we had a young adult team uh and our training would be uh on evangelization healing and discipleship uh we called it a sprint training and so it was like meant to be like a quick run through of those three things uh and it might take the span of like three to four days um sometimes five And uh, so it was like a quick sprint to run you through, but like knowing that we're going to also marathon with you and we're journeying with the youth ministers, volunteer, uh, um, youth ministers, as well as like part-time and full-time youth ministers. And so that was, that was, that was amazing. I really enjoyed that. We even like had time with, at the seminary, we would run the seminarians through it too, because they're going to be the, obviously the the future. and, like, the whole church, something that the whole church should, like, get behind on, like, knowing how to evangelize and knowing how to, what it, like, what healing looks like, because, like, I feel like we got discipleship down pack, and, like, we constantly are doing discipleship things, but there's not a whole lot of evangel, evangelistic opportunities, uh, and not a whole lot of opportunities to heal. People just kind of think, like, oh, that's counseling, go do that there, but it's like, no, healing can take place without a counselor, too, and just, like, with God, and so, um, yeah, we did that. We ran, uh, um events for young adults and for youth uh for the youth as well we would do like a holy hour for them or like praise worship adoration confession prayer teams and then we would have some sort of after party uh so for the young adults we would go out hang out afterwards and for the youth we would just go back to like the uh the church hall and like have a, a little pizza party and whatnot for the kids uh and I think I think that's all. I would my personal job I would do like consulting and try to help out all the um Hispanic parishes, the um African American and Black parishes and then the um it's, it's organized there was a group called PCMR which is like the catch-all. It's uh, kind of for like all the other cultures and the ethnicities that would be in uh in the uh, Archdiocese. And so I w- I was working closely with those three uh uh, offices as well within within the archdiocese working at good. anthem philly
0: that's some good work man it sounds like you were also touching on like a lot of different parts of the church like you had the laity, you were forming spiritually then you were focusing on the priests, and you forming them spiritually and equipping them with necessary tools to better be priests in their in their parish so definitely a lot of different points you were touching on man so that's good to hear and plus it was diverse too sound like you were meeting with you know Hispanic parishes, leaders, and you know black parishes, and just all other diverse bodies that represent the church and the archdiocese of Philly. So good, good, good to hear. Um, so I guess this should have been like the first question, but it's not. <laughs> so what started you like to work in Catholic ministry? Like what prompted you to you know heed that call?
1: Yeah, I, man, it, I would. I really got to like attribute attribute like many factors to this um, to this reason um I mean one being the summer camp that I was involved in it's like a Catholic summer camp that uh from my back from my hometown back in Hollywood Maryland well I'm from Lexington Park but whatever it's Hollywood's the next town up uh that I would help out with and that was just a really really powerful impactful camp um uh I also uh after like encountering Jesus and during my time in the seminary. I mean, just knowing knowing what the church, like, stands for. Like, the church is evangelistic at its core. And, like, it always will be, even though we sometimes just don't, just don't, you know, we just kind of get comfortable and, like, just don't want to go out and, and evangelize. Uh, I think from from learning that in seminary um, and being formed in, in seminary, but also being formed at that summer camp that I was involved in, uh, you know, it, it can't... It's just like when I it's like almost like the burden of knowledge. Like I I don't think I'm a super smart guy, you know, I don't have that, but like when you have when you when you know something like when you have a gift, you have you're responsible in a sense. Like what what is it how does it go uh what's that what's that quote um to those who have much You know that quote I'm trying yeah, to yeah, say? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, I got you. <laughs> I can't come up on top of my head uh much
1: will whoever
0: it's basically from Jesus. He said it in the in the gospels. Um
1: I can't to whom much is expected. It's like to whom much has much is also like expected from or something like that. Something along those lines. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. And so I guess just like having that burden and knowledge. Much is given, much will be required. There we go. There we go. Yes. (laughs) My man. Yeah. Um and so, like, I think just having that burning knowledge, uh, knowledge of, of just like what the gospel really stands for, and like what what the church is truly all about, I don't think there was an opportunity, like, for me to just like not let it go by, you know, just like to just let it go by the wayside and be like, yeah, just I'll just maybe do that on my on like my spare time. I just felt so not saying that you can't because you definitely can, obviously. Um, but I just, I just think I just felt so called, um, within my own prayer life to just go, go full, full force ahead with, um, with just doing it full time. You know, I, I just, I guess I just thought it was such high held in such high regards. I like, man, nothing else matters besides saving souls, uh, at the end of the day, because we only get one life and the when you die, who knows where you're going to go. And like, you know, I know that like father Scott, the priest who asked me if I want to go to seminary, like he, he was part of the reason he Yeah. He's a big reason on why I am the way I am today. Um, And so knowing that like he did it for me, I want to do it for another person, but I wanted to do it full time, not just part time or like on my own time.
0: Right. I got you. Definitely a good, you know, way to inspire people. Like somebody planted the seed in you and you want to be that seed planter in other people. So that's 100%. a good a good, way to, good way to see things. Um, so you are part of the like, new evangelization movement in the church. Uh, how are you bringing like these, like your experience from like previous experience, how are you bringing like new opportunities uh, to communities and people
1: uh, you serve with? I think for the church, um, just the fact that like the job that I'm, like the nature of my job now, um like Vagabond Missions whole whole like existence is because of like we just go out to places where the church doesn't want to go sometimes. Like parts of the church in America doesn't want to go. Or just like just society in general doesn't wanna go. Um to like the hood to the projects and go and like pour into the, these people um who just have have less uh in on a material materialistic values. Um not saying that, that they have these like super materialistic, but like I just we <clears throat> we go into the yeah, to the dirty areas where like, yeah, I mean it's I don't I don't know where you're from, but like uh like Pittsburgh isn't the roughest spot that I've ever been to. But, like, living in Philly, rough spots. Living in D.C., right, rough right. area. And, like, living in Pittsburgh has its, like, pockets, too. And I didn't I, – I was kind of sleeping on it. Um, But, like, yeah, man, it's, it's just – I don't see the church. I don't see a presence in the church that, you know? Um, right, right, right. I'm and from so Houston, I was, and
0: so I see a lot of that, too. I mean, I see – I'm from Houston, and I'm born and raised there. So uh, I know I'm very familiar with, like, the, the Hood projects. And right just don't see a big presence uh you know of evangelism and missionary work you might see it a lot from the lds members they they you know they have no shame going and riding with bikes <laughs>
1: but, <laughs> but yeah 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 so I, I would say like opportunity on that front for the church because we give we give an option for opportunity for like people to come and serve uh in these ways in these areas and then i would say like on the flip side for opportunities for other people to come into the church. I would say that like, I would say that uh church has a like super backwards when it comes to trying to welcome somebody into the church. Like, I don't know how many times i walked into a church and just felt completely unwelcome, you know? Like they, I, I would say a lot of my experiences, it's like, hey, I'm gonna teach you how to behave first. Then after teaching you your behavior, I'm going a, I'm to a teach you, to, I'm going to give you the scripture. Then after giving you the scripture, then I welcome you in. Then you're like family. And I think it's backwards completely. I think what it how it should be is like, I want to welcome you no matter what you look like, no matter how you talk, no matter how you dress, no matter what you think. You know what I mean? And then after you feel welcome, you feel like the trust has been built. Then let's like start diving into the scripture a little bit. Let's like, let's, let's learn a little bit more. Uh, And then after that, then let's start focusing on behavior like, hey, as a Christian, we act accordingly, you know, and so like this is how we act as children of God. Um, But it's so unfortunate. It's like backwards. And so I think with the with the 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 welcoming, then learning, then behavior. I think that's a new opportunity for people not a part of the church to be able to come in and be like, wow, okay, so this is what it's actually all about.
0: Right, right, right. And you can get you catch more fish like that, too. It's like you soften the heart first and get them with a the lighthearted approach. And then you hit them with the okie doke like, oh, this is what we really do. <laughs> so that's a real good approach, man. And I see a lot of that with the work that y'all do at Vagabonds, which is going to come into the next question. The church is going into like these obscure parts of of the city and like bringing mm-hmm. the gospel and Christ and joy, most importantly, to you know young teens. And I don't think I've seen that. Uh, And that was something that's something I've always like campaigned for and want to eventually do like myself. So it's great to see that you're doing that. So you currently at Vagabond Ministries, you know, what's your role and like what kind of projects have you uh, done or have been doing uh, there?
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, my role, I'm a senior year missionary, um, which just means I'm old. That's it. (laughs) It just means I'm just an old missionary on the ground. Uh, and I get like maybe one or two more vacation days and then the next guy, uh, cause I'm old. So, uh, it's, um, it's, a, I, I love what I do though. You know, I, I, um, I go out, meet kids wherever they may be, basketball court, street corner, wherever, you know, parks. Um, and I just like engage in conversation when I'm trying to like, trying to trying to find a, a common a common denominator we may have you know like a common interest uh and uh and just start working from there going off of that and let them know who I am and let them know like what I represent and like where I'm coming from the job that I represent vagabond and um and just in inviting them back to our space it's called the underground that invitation may come after a while like well the invitation is immediate, but like they may come after the third fourth fifth encounter on their own turf first you know so it's like constantly going to them wherever they may be uh just engaging with them there and like and then once they feel comfortable enough they come back and and so one of the one of the like programs that we have or, or projects so to speak is uh breakout breakout is is well, OK, actually, let me walk it backwards. So we have uh, open underground. That's one of the things that we that we one of the programs that we provide, which is just like. It's a space. It's an opportunity for the kids to come to our space and just hang out and just be themselves for a little while. They don't have arcades, you know, and they don't have like pool halls where you can like shoot pool like little, uh like do air hockey like basketball courts are you like shut down right now because of COVID too. And honestly, where I work at in Pittsburgh, the Hill District, they don't even have a grocery store. So it's just like nothing for these, the, the community to like, to do to like, relax, and like, kind of have some like for the teens, at least, you know, because um, adults, they can go to the bars, whatever the lounges, hookah bar. Uh, but um, so open underground is like a space. Tom and space for them to just kind of like hang out, just let loose, be themselves. So we got all kind of games and whatnot that they can chill and play. So that's one of the program programs that we have. Uh, then we also have breakout, and breakout is a little bit more structured. Uh, so we feed them dinner, then uh, we play a couple games led by the missionaries, and then one of the missionaries will give a short five to seven minute talk on like some aspect of the gospel, and that's. That's our window right there. To to speak truth in a more authoritative approach, because uh, usually it's just a lot of like, "Hey, I'm just kind of kicking it with you. I'm gonna drop some game. I'm gonna give you some game. You know, you can take it, you can leave it. You know what I mean? But like, it's 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 up to it's, it's up to you on like where you are at with it. But like, when we when we stand up there and like give a little short five seven minute talk. Usually, I mean, they're quiet. If Sometimes they're on their phone and they don't care because they're like, whatever, I don't care about this. But, I mean, because they're no, none of them are Christian, you know? Like, none of them are Christian at all. So it's, like, it's, a, it's really, like, boots on the ground evangelizing. Uh, but, but once that's been, like, formed well enough, uh, we start, like, our guys' groups and girls' groups where you take them out to lunch and then you kind of – from from what was talked about in at the end of breakout at that talk, you kind of dive a little deeper and you start asking them, like, so what do you think about that talk that I gave on identity? Like, what do you think about uh, who you think, who God is? Or, like, what do you think about whatever, you know, what we talked about, like that saint story we talked talk about. Um, so that allows them to, like, kind of, like, be able to chew on it a lot more, like, process it. Uh, and then we have uh, worship night. And so worship night is just a discipleship uh centered program where it's either praise and worship music, um, you can just be you can just pray with the kids or um like lead a Bible study and have like small groups. So it's it's those things. And then at the end, and then in our last program that we have is called RC it's uh Jesus class, that's what it's called, but it's really just RCIA. Uh and so Usually the kids just kind of like go through all of that. And uh and this year we have like four kids coming into the church this year, just in Pittsburgh alone. Uh and so it's, it's 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 really exciting, man. Like when I got here in July last year, um there was a well, I guess it was in August when it happened, but there was a there was a baptism first holy communion and confirmation I happened for the for this kid and man I was just like this is the reason why I'm here you know like to see to see this kid go through a journey and like now he's Catholic I, and I wasn't even there for the journey but like I was I shed a couple of tears I ain't gonna hold you you know what I mean I was like man that's kind of beautiful uh, uh, a real special moment but um, but it kind of like brought everything full circle before I even started the job I'm like this is the whole reason this is like the capstone you know what I mean not capstone but like the the pinnacle of why we're here to like really give them um, the support and everything that they need and also like encourage them to become Catholic and like live it out. So it's, yeah, it was a, it was a good first, like three weeks (laughs) to like just see that. And I'm like, dang, that's amazing. And then we had to put in the hard work.
0: Yeah, that's good, man. You know, baptism, every time I see baptism, I share the same sentiment, man. It's like a new, a new journey, a fresh start and to see, you know, people get baptized and commit their lives to, all the things at the church and most importantly, Christ is, uh, it was definitely like a enlightening profound moment to sit back and watch. So I definitely hear what you're saying. Um, 100%. yeah. Yeah. So my last little fun question is, do you have a favorite saint or saints? And, uh, what's something that you got from their lives?
1: Yeah, I would say, uh, St. Moses, the black is my favorite saint, man. Um, and, and I, a couple reasons is i think well maybe a few mm, we'll see where it goes but um <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh
1: one one of the reasons is because his lifestyle before he became a monk was right, just a right. very like counter it, it was a very cultural lifestyle like it was he was um yeah, and involved in a gang. I think he killed a few folks. You know, he would, he robbed people. He was sleeping around because that's the lifestyle you live when you out there like that. Um, and he found himself like running away from the police and like ducking into a monastery. And then, of course, they all knew who was like, who was this guy? But he was like trying to disguise himself as one of them so he could like, ev- you know, evade the cops. And, um, and he just ended up, like, enjoying it so much, he stuck around. He was like, this is good. Like, wow, this is peaceful. Um, and so just, like, knowing that, like, the fact that he is a saint and he had, like, such a crazy lifestyle before he became a monk. Not saying I'm about to become a monk or anything like that, but, like, that God, like, this, you you. it's not, yeah, nothing's too crazy for God. You know what I mean? Like, he can still work with you no matter where you're coming from. It's like it, there's still hope for everybody kind of a deal. Um, and so that always gives me peace. Of, like whenever I'm I'd make a dumb mistake, you know what I mean? I'm like, same the black was out there killing folks. So yeah, like he I was out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's you know way I mean? worse than I am. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm like, there's hope. There's hope. Yeah. Uh, and I guess the second reason is because like he um I don't know, his the habit that he that he was under, he like one day he took him up. Upstairs to the to the rooftop um, of the monastery because he like has these anger issues. I'm not like an angry person at all. I'm actually like super chill. But um <laughs> <laughs> St. facts. St. Moses Black had these anger issues, but like uh the yeah, the abbot took him up on a rooftop before the sun rose in the morning. And then they were like this chit chat, And he then the sun, uh, as the sun was rising, he said the same. He said to Moses the black, he said, "Look, you see how uh, the sun like touches the earth." It was kind of like a like a it felt like a Simba moment or something like that, Mufasa and Simba moment. But he was, like, "You see how the how the sun is touching the earth? Like the it's not it's not like all at once. Like the sun rises up and then boom, everything's bright." It's a very gradual process. Like it's touching an inch at a time or like centimeter at a time, millimeter at a time, like the the rest of the earth to be uncovered out of the darkness to like be fully exposed into the light. And so there is like sunshine. And it's like, that's the same way God works with us. It's not like, oh, you were bad. And now like, boom, you're going to be good. It's like, oh, well, of course you have all this crap that you were dealing with. Like let's unpack it slowly. And like there's a gradual process to becoming holy. And uh I and I yeah, once again, I don't have anger issues, but like there are other things where I'm like, I need to be more patient in my life and like God's patient with me. And like He shows uh He shows me that through like that example sometimes of like, hey, I work gradually. So as I'm being patient with you, like that's how I see you. You know, you should see yourself in the same way, like be patient with yourself you know, you're not going to be perfect immediately.
0: That was a great, great example. Two good points from uh, St. Moses the Black. And as you were saying that, <laughs> I kind of thought about uh, Sister Act. <laughs> you know, Sister Act, Whoopi Goldberg. Like, it's like the plot of Sister Act, kind of.
1: <laughs> I honestly never seen those movies.
0: Oh, uh, okay. Well, it kind of sounds like Sister Act. You know, Whoopi, she's in trouble with the law, and then she go to uh, a convent in, like, New York or Philly somewhere, and then she slowly starts... You know revitalizing these old white women and she's <laughs> like, oh, okay i kind of like it and then she eventually leaves because the case is over with but yeah it kind of sound like that dang that's wild uh, yeah 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 but uh yeah it was a good conversation man i definitely appreciated you touching on a lot of good points uh especially um you know all the work that you've been doing with you know Archdiocese of Philly, Focus, Ascension, and then your current work at Vagabond Missions. And, you know, as as I've said in this conversation before, you know, it's just great to see the church uh, alive and vibrant in, you know, these obscure forgotten places in the city. And so uh, may the work that you do and the work that, you know, a lot of your coworkers do at Vagabond Ministries continues to, you know, flourish and grow abundantly because it's probably one of the best and most needed, like, ministries that I see right now in the church.
1: Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, definitely praying for you and all your intentions as well, man.
0: Yeah, for sure. And you guys, make sure you you pray for his work that that he does at Vagabond Ministries too. And you can tune in uh, to the next episode of saintly Witnesses.